0: Family from the Heart, podcast episode number 16. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft.
1: I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft.
0: And we are doing, I guess this is what? Parenting episode part number three or something, right? It is. We we kind of read two chapters tonight. And as we told you before, we're going to take a different approach to creative corrections than we had done with the five love languages. Mm-hmm. In the five love languages, we pretty much read a chapter and came to you and brought to you our notes and our thoughts and insights based upon that chapter. Here we're just randomly reading things. We're not going to ask you to follow along chapter by chapter. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read to you some of the notes that I wrote down and see what kind of conversation that Stephanie and it might spark with Stephanie and I. And so with that, the first thing I wrote down is a scripture verse that Lisa yes. Welchel had quoted in her book. I think it was in chapter two or something. But anyway, yes. it says, my son, do not take light. Or do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as a son.
1: It's from Hebrews 12, five and six.
0: Right. And I and she just made one statement afterwards that I totally agree with. Um, it says uh, she said, God loves us too much to allow us to go down the wrong path. And so I want to say that, first of all, disciplining is something that is not unnatural. You know, basically put, giving out a punishment right, um, and, and, and expecting things to, you know, pretty much laying down the law is something that it's not only something that we can do, it, it's almost it is it is our biblical mandate to do this as as parents. This is what God desires from us.
1: Absolutely. It, it, it is a re- responsibility that has been laid upon. Um, I think I just saw lightning. I'm sorry. Awesome. Um, a, a responsibility that has been laid upon us and as parents. And she also talks in here about um, about using that when or, or using that example when correcting our children um th- these two these two chapters um chapter 2 being about learning from from the ultimate parent being god and and the second um or the second that we read tonight but the third chapter being um the heart of obedience teaching our children to obey um for the right mode with with right motives anyway we'll we'll talk about that later but um but she talks in here about about using that with God, you know i Am not, I am not giving you this punishment just because I, I want to be mean or, or because um, I want to mistreat you in some way. I'm punishing you, number one, because I love you. It is the same love that tells you no that tells you yes. And number two, because God has given me the responsibility to be your parent. And... For that reason, you should follow my obedience because even if I'm making the wrong decision, I will have to answer to God for that decision
0: right one of the things that of course I want to touch on that we we did just briefly uh, we actually went into some detail in episode two of uh, for this parenting series that we're doing was the fact that sometimes we are tempted to discipline our children for our own, not necessarily for any godly reasons but for our own peace. peace and our own selfishness right we talked about that last week exactly and so in essence that what we are going to talk about today is training the heart for obedience it's it's not enough just to discipline our children and just to expect good behavior okay. there has to be more than that and that right. that's really going to be the focus of our discussion here this evening right um, another thing that I want to say is that sometimes parents can go, um, w- they can get a little bit too strict with the punishing and the discipline and the correction.
1: Correcting the flesh. Exactly. Is, is what she says in, in the book. That's how she yep. says
0: it. Yeah. In fact, there's a great quote in here that I, I'll have about that, I think, a little bit down the road. But one of the things that sometimes we can get a little bit too overboard mm-hmm. on, on correction and discipline However, there are sometimes when you whatever we say here tonight, we don't ever want to get to the point where we go to the other extreme where we don't discipline or you know, specifically it she gave an example of maybe like for example if there was a child that was at school all day and so they had a grilling day at school and maybe mom and dad both work outside of the home and they had a grilling day at work, and mom's already feeling a little stressed about the fact that she's not there as much as she wants to, and we only have such you know certain hours. Right. So it's kind of tempting at the end at the end of a very long day to to give the kids a little slack. You know, it's like we do, and, and and she even said you know it's kind of like you know we don't want to bark all, at them. Yeah, we don't want to feel like we don't want them to think that all we do is bark at them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so. Um and and then and I love what she said we're often afraid that loving our children means not making them unhappy.
1: Yeah. And that is yeah, that, not how true. Be, that's how we began our parenting. I yes. think we shared a lot of that we last week. We shared a lot of that last week. Um and, and so I can so relate and I can I have, you know, so many stories from from that time where that that was our ultimate goal, you know. Um but she has a quote in here. and I don't think you wrote it down, but but I'd love to read it. Okay. Um, Many of today's experts, in, in quotations, argue that discipline is controlling and that it prevents kids from fully expressing themselves as individuals. To that I say, let's hear a hallelujah. I've seen my child fully expressing himself, and it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> and then she gives an example of that. And, and I, I, I agree. I have seen my children... Fully express themselves, right? And it is not pretty,
0: exactly, because
1: they don't have they they don't yet have the 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 boundaries and the shape of character to express themselves.
0: Well, the thing is, is they have the things to express themselves, but you know what? With great power comes
1: you. Yeah, you didn't comes responsibility. Absolutely, they
0: don't have they don't have the character and the training yet to know how to responsibly express themselves. And that's that, where that's you were for, going, yeah. I know. It is. I didn't. I, I didn't know if you were finished yet. I apologize oh, okay. if I stole any of your thunder to go with that no, lightning. You didn't. <laughs> I love you. All right. So basically, yeah, we're we're going on this whole idea here of you know number one, we are supposed to discipline our children. We mm-hmm. we definitely want to bring this to the table. It is our responsibility. It is it is something that we must do in fact I'm gonna to read to you another quote from the book and, okay. and we love just going through and and Stephanie's reading this I'm like okay stop I gotta write this one down <laughs> so here's here's another one that's what our children really want from us discipline and rules now wait a second the, the uh, this took me a little while to really understand. But I will tell you that this is absolutely true. I have seen my children's behavior, especially when we were dealing with this with Megan the first time around. And if you're new to the show, go back and listen and start (laughs) with parenting part 01. Okay. But when we were dealing with this with Megan, when we started laying down the law, I mean, basically giving her the rules Mm -hmm. and when she tested them. This was so true. Listen to this. That's exactly what our children want from us. Discipline and rules. Yes, they do want this. Listen to this. They don't test the boundaries hoping to discover the weak spot to be and to be set free. No. They want to make sure that the fortress walls are solid so that they can relax and enjoy being a child. I love that. That statement. I,
1: I I do as well. And in looking back at at being a kid myself, I longed for this. Mm-hmm. I longed for this, and um, I I came from a parenting, and I'm not saying that any of my parenting are is is the the result of my my parents' parenting. this is strictly an example, but um, I I came from a house where the The boundaries and the lines were different for each child. Now, in in our home, we have one line, we have one standard that that we expect all three of our children to to adhere to. Adhere to, but we know that they're each individuals and that we go about it in a different manner for each one. Exactly. But in in the growing up, I I have a whole slew of siblings. Um. I have four brothers and three sisters. And growing up, there was a different standard for each of us. And there were different punishments handed out according to those different standards. Um, I, for one, was not... I, I didn't... I don't know. Okay. I, I didn't have any boundaries. I didn't have any um, any lines. My parents... Didn't really discipline me very at all. My my parents did not discipline me. Um, I would talk back to my dad, and he would raise his voice at me. But there was no there was no punishment there. There was no um, consequence consequence for that behavior. My brothers, on the other hand, who were boys, and um, <laughs> thanks. Anyway, um, now that you said that. Now that I said that, I I will. Let me finish my story, and then I'll go. Um, My brothers, on the other hand, were were, um, held to a very strict standard, and being that there were three boys that were all one year apart in our house at a time, um, they were held to a very strict, very um, punishable by death set of consequences. Um, I'm not kidding you when I tell you that at one time I saw one of my brothers lifted off the ground by his hair. It it was not healthy. It was not at all. Um, it's not at all how I wish to parent my children. But it was completely different for my brothers than it was for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I for, completely forgot the point that I was trying to make. Basically,
0: with that. there were two different standards in in parenting. We, there ought to be one standard, which is oh, we were talking God's about the standard. fortress.
1: I was talking about how I okay. desired this. I was constantly pushing and pushing. I talked back more and more. I. I Um, You know, I tried to skip curfew. I tried to make up fake rules for curfew. I tried to get those boundaries built around me, but they never were. Right. And and so I can relate to this as remembering as a child and as a teenager I wasn't looking for the weak spot so I could get set free. I was waiting for those walls to be built.
0: You well, the I thing was is, waiting
1: for someone to catch me if I fell.
0: Right. You were already experiencing as a teenager, The you were starting to experience some of the real world and the real issues out there. And you were looking something to protect you from some of those things. Absolutely. And with, of course, you've shared in the full-time mom with some very real things that happened to you as a child and needing that protection you were looking for it and it wasn't there it
1: wasn't but anyway back to what i said thank you about was uh, th- this podcast is being recorded in front of a live internet audience and uh someone in the chat room says that i look very studious with the book open in front of me because i'm kind of following along in the book where cliff is in his notes so thank you that's not my <laughs> that, that's not my you goal you do look but, very studious Ah, uh, whatever all right
0: so anyway we and we just want to say thank you to the folks that are joining us live and uh if you guys ever want to join us live family from the heart is now recorded on saturday evenings at 10 p.m eastern daylight time for the
1: duration of the summer
0: exactly or until or uh, until uh, notified otherwise, otherwise yeah but uh, right now, it's it's a little frustrating for me sometimes and for Stephanie as well, because during the summer it's like, Oh, I'd love to go we to were the drive in. Yeah, lat, you know, we, last we were week. talking
1: about that last week. Last week Cliff's like, Hey, you wanna go to the drive in? I'm like, That'd be great, but we can't. <laughs> and like tonight we were at this great event and we were, you know, right in the middle of, of some great conversation with some people, but we had to, to leave to get home and get the kids in bed. Yeah. But get the book read <laughs> so that we could be here. Exactly. But at the same time I really love this time, yeah, and I really love this information that we get to share.
0: Exactly, and and so and and, and you know, th- and of course, this all comes down to self discipline. It does, and 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 setting priorities, and and you know what, it's not always convenient to parent, and and I think that's not something that's been addressed yet. But um, one of the things, it's not convenient all the time to discipline our children, not either, no, right? And there are and,
1: times when we're tired and. You know, consistency. I find is the hardest part of disciplining and parenting, and it
0: is the critical key that and holds it all together. Exactly. You know, you you can't nine times out of ten set. You know, call your children to maintain um, adherence to the standard because they'll always w-
1: remember that one time exactly. that they got away with
0: it. And so they'll exactly. And and you know what that is that constitutes a hall a, a breach. Of security, it, it shows a hole that that's in the wall. Right. And and, I, and listen to this. It says when children when children are in control, it makes them feel insecure. When children, matter of fact, if you think about this, it's, it's when when children think that they can manipulate us as parents. Mm-hmm. Then what will happen is they'll feel that, gosh, if I, and and if you think about this psychologically, if I as an eight-year-old can can manipulate my mom to get whatever I want, then who is going to protect, how is she or how is my dad ever going to protect me from the things that are bigger than me? Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what this is all about. Um, now, I just wrote down two different things here, and then we're going to move on to some other notes. The trust game is a game that I've seen played all over the place. And I love this about um, it, about using this in disciplining. And, of course, we talked about the fact that this is called Creative Corrections. And it's not always a book that's going to talk only about how to punish your children. Right. <laughs> but it's creative ways to help them understand the discipline uh, that we're in, the right. corrections that we Excuse me, that we give, and so I love this this um, the chair game, the trust chair game, or the trust game.
1: The, she called it the faith fall.
0: Oh, the faith fall. Having
1: faith in your parents. Why don't that, you explain that, what it is? Well, the, the, it, well it's just that that the, the one parent will stand behind the child. Um, th- this case, the parent um was was the dad, and he was on his knees, and the child was um back to ch- them. Stand. Were they standing on a chair? Did, I don't remember. It, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um,
0: the fact is is they needed to fall backwards holding
1: on to a chair. Okay. Anyway, um and 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 the dad says, "Do you trust me?" "Yes," the child answered. "Do you really trust me?" "Yes," the child answered, assuring dad that that she trusts him. Do you trust me? He asked one more time. And he says, "Do yes, you
0: trust me with your life? Do you
1: trust me with your life?" And and she answered yes. And he said, "Then let go, and fall back." And as the child lets go and falls back, he catches her just before she hits the floor. Right. And they use that as an example to teach their kids.
0: If you tr- and and I love it. She said, you know the that her husband I think his name is Steve mm-hmm. says to their child. You know, listen. If you trust me with your life, and you trust me to catch you here, we want you to trust us with the with um, the the rules that we give you. That when we do these things, we're helping to protect you from 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 things that could hurt you. Right. And um, so so you, we need to have your trust, even though you can't see what's behind you, and you may not understand it. You have to trust that what we're doing is is here to protect you. Right. And I, of course, I, I think about that. I think about that, and it's like, okay, that's great. I, I think it might make a little bit of an impact with our kids. But I, knowing that my daughter Megan, um, knowing that our daughter Megan, um,
1: <laughs> sometimes she can be your daughter. Exactly. That, I will find
0: that. <laughs> knowing that she often critically analyzes and thinks about things in a certain way, I know for a fact she would love the umbrella illustration. Absolutely. And Stephanie, I'm going to have you okay. read directly from page 24 what it says. Now, folks, listen, if you're if you're if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you're at work or you're doing something else, do me a favor. Just stop whatever it is you're doing for just a moment and listen to what Stephanie is reading here, because this mm-hmm. is awesome.
1: OK. Another way we have sought to teach them about trust and obedience is by using the umbrella illustration. One day I drew a picture of a large umbrella. Standing underneath were Tucker, Haven, and Clancy. Not being a terribly gifted artist, I had to label the stick figures so the kids would know who was who. Then I marked the umbrella as Mommy and Daddy. After that, I explained the drawing. I skipped the part about Mommy's hair looking like the umbrella. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, after that, I explained the drawing. When you are being obedient to the things daddy and I have taught you, I told the children, you are safely under the umbrella of our protection. The mer- the world might rain all sorts of problems and temptations on you, but you are protected. God has designed mommy and daddy to be an umbrella for your own safety. I continued, if you choose to obey and walk out, if you choose to disobey and walk out from under our covering, you'll have to deal with the harsh elements of the world. This illustration has helped the kids to comprehend why it's important for them to follow our instruction. It has also been helpful to reference when they feel we're making a bad decision. When that happens, Steve and I explained that even though they might think Mommy and Daddy's choice is wrong, it is still safer to obey us and remain under our umbrella than to be vulnerable to the dangers and lies of the world. God will tell them. God, we tell them, will deal with us if our choices are bad.
0: There we go. There we go. That, my friends, <laughs> for me is awesome. And, and I love that illustration. It's like, listen, you may not, you may not agree with the umbrella, but the umbrella is here to protect you. Absolutely. And you know what? You, you with free will, have the ability to step out from underneath this umbrella. You know, it, it a lot of the time, you can do it. It can be done. Uh, maybe you may not always have the permission, but there, there are going to be sometimes, we just want to let you know, when you step out from underneath this umbrella, there is no protection from mom and dad from those things now we're you know there, there are still consequences there are still that, consequences
1: absolutely to your actions to your disobedience
0: right now you know when you follow the instructions you stay under the umbrella and something happens to you you know what you it, it even if things go wrong and they and and you might be in trouble the fact is if you stay under the umbrella you are still protected from from being you know the correction when you kind of like in a scenario there are sometimes when you do the right thing and it still blows up it's like you know and and they feel like oh my gosh mom and dad's gonna be no right you did the right thing there have been many times when our children have been involved in something and it really it it kind of maybe um turned into a stain on the carpet or something it's like listen you did exactly what we asked you to do this was an honest mistake. It's it's spilt milk or something like that. It, it's like you got to understand this is not a punishable offense. You did not violate. You did not step outside of the umbrella. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So I, I really like that illustration.
1: I do, I, I do as well, and I think that that would be great for.
0: Yeah, and Vicky is saying that illustration is true is true for us adults as well. Absolutely. And Not in the
1: sense that the umbrella is mommy and daddy anymore.
0: Other that, but the umbrella, of course, being God. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, then Brooklyn uh, is saying in the chat room um, from stepping out of God's uh, umbrella. So, absolutely. Yes, we definitely need to uh, remember that the, all of this stuff applies to us. So, um, the next thing that I have here, Stephanie, is... Uh, let's see here, the importance of respect and love expressed between mommy and daddy. Now, this was just briefly touched on. Mm-hmm. Briefly touched on in this book or in this chapter. It probably, it may be addressed again later down the road and I would hope that she does because this really, I found through the Growing Kids God's Way parenting class that we took um, a long time ago, this was a huge issue for our children as well. And, it, and it's the idea of how... Stephanie and I as or how mommy and daddy interact with each other showing respect and expressing love to one another and, and in essence s- um suggesting the solidity or the, the solidity um the the strength of the relationship yeah, yeah, there yeah that, that's the right word because you know it in in the mind of our children their security comes from mom and dad right and if they if they are concerned about the the volatility of the relationship if there is a lot of arguing and complaining and backbiting and 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 poking at each other and and really call you know some unhealthy things in our marriage right then what that does is it's like all of a sudden our children are not confident in mommy and daddy's relationship with one another and you know what? That is their number one source of security at this point. They, if they're afraid that mommy and daddy are not going to be able to sustain their relationship, then how are we going to be protected? Is are we divided? And 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 that's very dangerous stuff. And I love um, what we learned in a growing kids God's way study one night. And and you know, we kind of noticed this. But it, we didn't deal with this directly. But there was a there was a story that the presenter of this material shared about bet, somebody whose um, child was experiencing some severe issues of bedwetting. Bedwetting, mm-hmm. and so this child would wet the bed every single evening without fail. I mean, it just happened every single night, and they could not figure out what the issue was. Was, and and basically, this presenter said, you know, this you know if your child is acting out or having issues you know doing things to to you know he says in, in fact if your child is wetting the bed at night i i want to suggest that you try something and and he he told a story about how this one couple shared that their child had had been wet, wet, wetting the bed he says let me ask you this how much time do you guys spend together face to face in front of the kids and the story was that, you know, the husband was traveling a lot for work and they didn't, you know, most of the time that they spent together was spent when the kids were asleep and, and stuff like that. And he says, well, I'll tell you what, you need, to, you need to find some way to incorporate couch time. And I want you to try to do this, you know, every day for two weeks without fail. And the idea was that in front of your children, you would find some time. To say the children are going to be in the same room with us and mommy and daddy are going to sit down on the couch and no child in this room is allowed to interrupt mommy and daddy because mommy and daddy are going to sit on the couch and have a conversation Mm -hmm. with each Mm -hmm. other is something that's going to happen at
1: least 15 minutes in length
0: at least 15 minutes in length and they need to see mommy and daddy talking to one another. And they said that, you know, basically, in essence, within just about four or five days of seeing mommy and daddy. I think it was two. Or was it two days? Yeah. Within two days, that child had completely Stopped been cured the bed. from wetting the bed. Yeah. And and basically, here's what was going on. In Did you want to explain? No, go ahead. Uh, what was going on is that these children, or this child, was wetting the bed, and do you know what happens every night when the child would wet the bed?
1: Both parents would get up and take care of it.
0: Mommy and daddy both would wake up together, come into the room, and clean up take,
1: the bed, clean up the boy.
0: Yes, and so it was. It took right. it took both of them to do this, and the child desired so much to see mommy and daddy together that he wet the bed every night.
1: Right to get them not, to come. Not intentionally. Not, the kid wasn't awake doing it on purpose, but. But yes that that was, and we didn't have a bed wedding story, but we had um, the, at the time that we were learning this, we had um how old was Matthew? He wasn't in the crib anymore he he was probably about somewhere between eighteen and and twenty four months old, and every excuse me, every night without fail would get in bed with us, yes. Every night without fail, pretty much the same time at night, you could, you could count on it like clockwork. That little boy, sweet as he could be, would come and climb in the bed in between Cliff and I. And when we were reading this or when we were learning this and it was suggested of couch time, we thought, well, it's not, you know, it's separation anxiety. It's not gonna, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna do. We were very skeptical of it completely. But, um, but we tried it and we found that um, immediately, immediately when, when he began to see us Inter- together having interacting, couch time. Um, having what, what was called couch time, that um, he began to stay in his bed all night Yep. because um, what we were finding was the only time that our children were seeing us together was when we were in our bed asleep. And, and it worked miraculously.
0: Yes. And so I, I hope that we'll come back to couch time and, and, and spend a little bit more on the idea of of this area of, of building our kids' um, sense of security. You know, because I, I unfortunately this chapter just barely touched on that and then moved on to a lot of other great things. But it's something I think that we ought to we uh, you know readdress later because there's more to couch time or to mommy and daddy than just that but uh i do want to continue to cover oh my gosh i got so many I notes know, you got to pick
1: up the pace babe. all
0: right so let's just go ahead i'm <laughs> gonna just talk uh about here let's see here listen to this one the bible is the ultimate authority and disciplining according to god's standards versus our own arbitrary standard that we have fabricated. Okay, so the idea is that we we need to understand ourselves and we need to train our children to understand that the Bible is the ultimate authority and that our disciplining is not, dis, we're not disciplining according to some arbitrary uh, you know, standard that we came up with or that we have fabricated, but instead we are disciplining our children and the standard is set by God.
1: But not doing it in such a way that, but not doing it in such a way that teach our, teaches our children a, to not love scripture. Exactly. Not using the scripture as a punishment.
0: Right. And and so it says here, while the Bible is referred to as the sword of the spirit, it was not intended to be used as a weapon to threaten our children. Right. The goal here is to have our children uh, come to the point where they love scripture and and they and, and that it's something that that they see as as beneficial and uplifting and encouraging and a place where they can seek out God's security and his protection under his umbrella and so that's what
1: Ella Ella. Oh,
0: gosh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now
1: we've said the word like 400 times. It's well, now, now
0: that's going to be in my head. You're welcome. Two-step approach. We must always take a two-step approach to our children's uh, discipline and everything. We must both teach the heart and discipline the flesh. If there's nothing else that we say tonight... This is the one point I think is most important above everything. It's we must not only te- we must not only discipline the flesh, but we the 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 important thing is with everything we've said so far. It is our responsibility to discipline the flesh. Absolutely. But it is also vitally important that we must also, at the same time, teach the heart. In fact, that's why we have this name of this podcast. It's family from the heart. It, it, it's not just doing this just to do it. it's it, it, this is all about our heart mm-hmm. and, um, it's and, and really it's the heart of everything that, that brings all this stuff together. So teach kids uh, so one it's important to teach kids why they are being corrected. Absolutely. Discipline alone is not enough. We must do some follow-up. Uh, give an example Stephanie what she was talking about when she was interrupted on the phone you want to do that
1: okay um she was on the phone one of her children comes up and just starts spouting out what what they want to say and um she sends that child to their room so I can just send that child to their room but if I take the time cut my conversation a little bit short take the time to meet her in her room and explain to her why it's not appropriate to interrupt me while i'm on the phone number one it says what i have to say is not important it says what the person i'm talking to has to say it's not is not important and number three it says that you are the only one who has something important to say teaching my children why it's inappropriate you don't just punish the act of interrupting tell them why okay okay and then
0: and in in explaining so taking the time to go and explain what what would you explain it is that what you just said yeah okay say it again so, so how would you explain to your eight-year-old daughter why she should not interrupt i i know you just said it but i wasn't okay. following you i, I it and shows I was a
1: disrespect
0: okay so you would say to megan or our child that it shows disrespect in what ways
1: a, it shows disrespect for me and what I have to say. It shows that what I have to say is not important. Okay. It disrespects the person that I'm on the phone with and says that what they have to say is not important. Okay. And it gives the impression that you are the only one with something important to say.
0: Right. And that is selfish and disrespectful. Absolutely. Got you. Now, um, with that... There are times when a child will come to you and they will have something that is of vital importance. importance, and we need to allow them an avenue to express the fact that they have something to say while showing a great deal of respect for the value of both what mom is saying and what the person on the other end of the telephone line is saying
1: and that way that is where um we do something that, that she, we already do something that she suggests, which is called the interrupt rule.
0: It is. And the interrupt because rule. Because my
1: children will flock to me like magnets when I am on the phone. Mm-hmm. My kids will go for hours and hours and hours without talking to me. But if I hold my phone up to my ear, they all need my undivided attention immediately.
0: Exactly. And and let, ex- let us explain to you the interrupt rule, because this thing is fun. It is so awesome, and it revolutionizes the way um, that your family will operate. It is and so, it
1: revolutionizes the way that people look at you. Yes, when you're wherever this when you're, is so contrary wherever you are in public.
0: This is so contrary, contrary to just about what you see everywhere. And this this was a groundbreaking truth for us. So we we taught our children. You know what you say. What you have to say.
1: It is important. It is
0: important. We do care. But you never disrespect the value of what other people are saying. And so when you see mom and daddy on the phone or when we're out in public and mommy and daddy are standing and having a conversation with somebody else and you want to come over and you have something you want to say, you never interrupt us. Right. That is unacceptable. It will not be tolerated.
1: And what you do is when you have something you need to say. They will they will come over and they will place their hand on our arm. Yes. By our wrist or you know, yes. wherever. And basically they will gently gently touch squeeze. And squeeze. Exactly. We, in responding to their squeeze, will touch their hand saying, I have acknowledged your presence. Finish our conversation to a good breaking point and then turn and hear what our child has to say.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, basically, in essence, um, Stephanie... It doesn't happen
1: every time. We're not perfect at it, but it is a rule that we expect.
0: And, you know, it's something that we have not been enforcing a whole lot as of lately. And tonight, we were at a a group called the New Media Cincinnati Meetup. We had a picnic. And I was in the middle of of a great conversation with some friends. I saw that. Matthew wanted to go downstairs inside the house and 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 wanted... And and he, and he wanted permission to go and do that. And I loved it. My son walks up to me as I was in the middle of a sentence and just, he didn't say a word. He just came up to me very gently. He put his hand on my wrist and just, he, and, and somewhat firmly grasped it. Just let me know. I have something to ask you, Dad, when you have a chance. Right. And I, I gave him just a moment. I finished what I was going to say. I said, excuse me one second. I looked at my son and said, what you need, Matt? And he says, I was just wondering if I could have permission to go inside and go downstairs. And I, I looked at the Mr. Bueller and I said, do you mind if he goes down? He says, absolutely not, go ahead. And he was given permission. And that, my friends, is awesome. And sometimes today it's not even noticed. You know, right. some I don't know if everybody kind of noticed that Matthew came up and and, and politely stood, stood
1: by and waited his turn.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. But there. But I will tell you, it has revolutionized how our children act and behave in public. Absolutely. Because before you, dad, 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 I got to ask you a question. Dad, dad, dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah dad. That, that
1: that's our that's our other role that we really need to get back to. I think I'm going to start having my kids pay me a penny for every time they say mom. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but another rule that that we have is that, um, they're, they're not allowed to say mom or dad in, in the, um, in the effort to get our attention more than once in 30 seconds. Chances are, if you said mom, I heard you, (laughs) I am just, um,
0: well, the interrupt rule takes care of most of that as well. And one of the things yes. that's important and and Stephanie and I try to do this as well is we need to we need to use the interrupt rule with each other. So
1: there's nothing more annoying than a child coming up going, Mom, Mom <laughs> And yeah. I am of course smacking my husband on the hand <laughs> and and you know. Right. But uh Okay, so
0: so, but anyway, the whole idea here is that the transition from correcting our children's behavior to motivating their hearts is extremely vital. And so, you know, we're bouncing back and forth, talking about discipline and then talking about, you know, training the heart. And a couple things that I have here, and I'm because we really need to speed this up. Okay, actually, I think we're actually doing pretty good. I'm on the last page and a half of notes, but I'm going to just read a couple things that I have written here. Number one, God does not want us to simply obey out of fear, out of our own pride, or out of habit. You know, basically, obedience out of love is the goal. You know, it, Jesus or uh, God or it was Jesus who said, you know, if you love me, you will obey me. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Was it Jesus or was that another scripture? I don't know, but anyway, it says if we do now not. That you asked me. Anna. Okay, if we do not discipline them when they are young, they will have a difficult time disciplining themselves when they are older. And you know what? One of the things that I realize uh, when you want to follow your passion, when you want to follow your dream, and you really want to follow what God has called you to do in life. There are a couple things that you are, that are required. Number one is that you have faith that God is in God that He can with that He can provide for you, that He can meet all your needs, that He is there for you, and that He can call you, and and that you are uh, called for a purpose. You need to have passion, and I think that that's something that we are training our children that they must have passion and and do everything with a full heart of of whatever it is. I want to do it with my best. They need to have determination, and our children are so determined, and I love that. They need to have talent, and God blesses ta- with gifts and talents and and abilities, and we and we help them do this. But one of the things, one of the five ingredients of being successful in anything you do, is self discipline. Self-discipline and I tell you that is extremely important and a lot of how they're going to succeed in the future will depend on how well we can train their hearts so that they not that they will do the right thing when dad's around and 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 it's not so much how much can they do without getting caught but the idea is how many things will they choose to do because it's the right thing to do how can they discipline themselves and that's what we want to do. We want to we want to raise morally responsible children. Absolutely. We are I'm sorry, adults. adults. We do not want to re, we don't yeah. Yeah, we want to raise If we
1: still have children in 20 years, we screwed up somewhere. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's listen to this. If we so um okay. I'm going to read that statement again because then, then the next statement really has a lot of impact. If we do not discipline them when they are young, they will have a difficult time disciplining themselves when they are older. And we have all seen examples of lives cut short from self-indulgence.
1: Absolutely.
0: I do not want to see my children have their lives cut short as a result of not being able to say no to themselves. And no to some of the pleasures of this life, yeah. And that is important to me, my friends. Let's see here. There are issues related to being best buddies with our children too soon. When our children are young, what they want or what they most need from us is to be their parents, not their, not their friends.
1: Fr- right. Yes. That that was a revelation to me when I first learned that. Um, when when I first learned that I didn't have to be her friend. And I use her, Megan, um, be, because it was with her that I had the, the revelation. Um, but when I first learned that, that it was my job to be her parent, not her friend, that was one of the most liberating things in my entire life. It set me free. Yeah. It did.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, I'll tell you what. Stephanie's going to read page 63, a story about Shining and and before she reads that, because it's, it's going to be the thing that will wrap up this episode, okay. uh, we want to stop for just a second and say thank you to Mardell.com. Absolutely. I M- love Mardell. lcom Mardell.com is a wonderful online bookstore. They have Christian music, CDs, DVDs. They have uh, lots of educational materials there. Go to Mardell.com. In fact, you can get this book from Lisa Welchel. Uh, it is called Creative Corrections. If you go to gspn.tv, there's a link directly to the Mardell site where you can purchase this book. And uh, that it, you'll, just, you'll actually go to gspn.tv. On the right-hand side, there'll be a, a picture of the cover of the book, so you can't miss it. But anyway, if you purchase from them, every single time you purchase from them, in the shopping cart, there's a little place for a promo code. Please enter G-S-P-N. And what that does is two things. Number one, it gives you 10% off of anything you order from Mardell.com. Number two, it communicates to them that you heard about them through us, that you thank them for sponsoring what we are doing here with Family from the Heart. And we want to say thank you. I, I got two emails this week. Uh, in the inbox for uh, the show and basically they said, you know I want to thank you for the five love languages thing uh, study that you guys did. It was amazing I just want to let you know I went and bought and purchased a copy of the book and of course I used Gspn as my promo code um, our good friend Jeff Gentry X 11 from our gspn.tv forum He informed me that he purchased um, a book that I was recently covering in another podcast or it might have been this one I can't remember but he also ordered 10 more for a Bible study that he tends, all of them purchased through Mardell.com yep. using promo code GSPN. And you know what? It really is something that um, uh, Mardell.com has not only sponsored this episode, but he, Mardell.com is responsible for um, helping to enrich our the, live, uh, the lives of the Ravenscrafts. Because not only have they financially supported us, but they've really helped us have an extra reason to focus extra effort and time on, on these this. subjects so that we would do this podcast. Absolutely. And uh, in in this podcast, we already know from you guys it's it's not only impacted and enriched our lives, but it's enriching the lives of other people. And so we again take a very good portion right now to say thank you to Mardell.com. Yep. All right, so Stephanie, read page 63, The Shining Story, because I love this story. Okay,
1: but before I do, Uh we we skipped over a very, I'm not even sure how you skipped over it, but I know you did read the transition from correcting our child's behavior to motivating their hearts is vital, And, and I love what she says in here about doing that, because, you know, you can just keep correcting their flesh without training their heart, but... I, I I just love this example anyway, um love and obedience that are coerced aren't nearly as wonderful as when they are freely given, for example, as much as I love the kisses I steal from my sleeping children, they're not nearly as sweet as the ones they give me when they wake up in the morning, run down the stairs, and climb onto my lap i so I so agree with that. I think that that when your child is able to to make that that decision. And to obey from their heart out of out of knowing the right from wrong reason rather than just to avoid the consequence or avoid the punishment, it, it is so much a more rewarding moment exactly. for both parent and child.
0: Right. And so there she shared a story to help illustrate this. And this story is so awesome.
1: Okay. As I mentioned in chapter two, one good way to begin any correction is to let your kids know what the Bible says about wrongdoing. God's word does does more than dole out commands. It often explains the reasons behind them. One day when Tucker was about five years old, he kept arguing with me. I corrected him, but then I shared this Bible verse. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault and in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. That's Philippians 2, 14 and 15. I sat him down and explained, Tucker, you are a child of God and you shine like a star. But when you argue, your light begins to fade. I want you to always shine brightly. So please think about your attitude. The words sank in. Later, he started to complain and argue, but then he caught himself. Mommy, he asked cupping his hand over his mouth. Am I still shining? I smiled at him and said, you are now.
0: That is awesome. My friends, we want to thank you for listening to yet another episode of Family from the Heart. Parenting Part 03. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we'll be able to cover everything in the whole series on parenting. I don't think so. But we're going to continue on this series. We're going to continue reading this book. We'll continue bringing you our insights. And uh, we would love to hear from you. If you want to leave us some feedback, something you've heard that's really inspired you and helped change some things for you and your parenting, please give us a call. Let us know. Area code 859
1: 0 not O. O's a letter. Zero's a number. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: And We're of course, zero, six, seven. or of course, you could send us some feedback <laughs> by email at feedback at gspn.tv. And if you are not currently a gspn.tv plus member, you could learn a little bit about that over at gspn.tv slash plus. And now, Stephanie, we can rock out to the rest of this music. Very cool. Until next time, join the community.